Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Forrest, and with me is the hypnagogic Brent and hallucinogenic Dylan. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I love that. Oh, these, uh, these terms relate to today's episode. <laughs> First of all, you may have noticed that I'm hosting instead of Dylan, and this is because we're going to be taking turns from now on on helming each series, and whoever does said helming is also going to be the host. So fear not, Dylan fans. He will be your host again. Don't worry about it. So this series is going to be a bit of a change of pace for the show, but it's a wonderful way to start the new year. And that's because rather than talking about other nutcases out there, like usual, we're going to talk about another nutcase, me. So <laughs> yeah, we've been harboring a nutcase this whole time. I'm sorry. This whole we, time. Wow. What a twist. Yeah. We, uh, we fooled everyone, but it's true. It's true. It is true. <laughs> this is a big surprise. All right. So we were going to save this until April 1st, but we, it wouldn't be, yeah, it, it wouldn't be right. I mean, it concerns something that happened to me in September and October of uh, 2019, and to some extent still is happening. Um, it's definitely not ordinary, so we decided it would be perfect for the show. In fact, not only is it not ordinary, it's absolutely batshit fucking insane. But it's a true story. Uh, do your own research. Anyway, so buckle up. <laughs> yeah, Actually, dig, through, uh, dig through forest trash, and that's how you'll know. <laughs> It's all true. <laughs> actually, lucky lucky for all you people, you won't have to do too much research because I'm going to be actually making public some of my own medical records that, mm. let's say, if some if of the uh, forged medical records, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. He's going to dox himself. <laughs> so uh, you can look through that later after we get all the episodes of this series released. And this was very hard for me to write down, but... I'm going to make this story totally public. You know, I just feel that I got to do it. So we're going to do it. So to begin with, I'm just going to go over a few things before the madness truly begins that kind of set set the stage for it. So, Dylan, you remember when we went to Missouri for your Washington University, right? Yes, I do remember that. So this was July of 2014. And while I was staying at Dylan's house the night before we made the journey, my allergies were even way worse than they normally were. And that's mostly because of Dylan's cats. And you're I, welcome. Ozzy and Magic. They're glad. They're glad <laughs> they did that to you. So I could barely breathe. And in desperation, I Googled how to help myself breathe and just clicked on some random site. Didn't care because I was so desperate. And I learned this technique where you actually massage your rib cage. And you guys actually mentioned this on the uh, Russia series. Yes, yeah, actually I think the title the, of one of the. <laughs> yeah, like digging into the rib cage of justice, yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so you actually. And all of you need to do that at home while you're listening. Yes. Uh, massage your rib cage. <laughs> Get along. in there. Follow dig along. something poke, out. You poke your fingers in between <laughs> your ribs. Anyway, for me, this like loosened up something and was like this fucking huge relief. So I was happy I discovered that. And from about 2015 to 2016, there were some other things I would always, I would get like pain on my left side, under my rib cage, tests came back negative, food sensitivities. I developed all these bad, horrible food sensitivities. I couldn't eat anything and I'd vomit after eating some foods, just have horrible watery yellow stools up to five times a day. Felt horrible. Again, doctor's tests always come back normal. And then some of you know, and I, if you want to do your own research, just uh, just head on over to Forrest Toilet and you'll be able to figure <laughs> yes. out if he's telling the truth. <laughs> well, maybe to maybe nowadays it's not so bad. We're going to get into. Oh, into what a weird coincidence uh, that is. I know. Yeah. Um, and as some of you know, I have obsessive compulsive disorder and it's especially bad when combined with marijuana. And if you want to learn more about that, you can 
see our first bonus episode. And there's a book by a psychiatrist named Jeffrey Schwartz called Brain Lock, and that was hugely helpful in managing OCD. In fact, I cannot stress how much of a life changer this was for me. And then another thing, I was introduced to Flonase, and this was a miracle cure for my allergies. So I abused that shit and took it every day, all day, constantly, which way more than you're probably supposed to. Did you try bleach? I don't know if you just went, you should have went right to the I should have uh, tried bleach. bleach. I should have tried bleach. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, my breathing was still shallow. Like you put up. bleach in the neti pot. I think that's really, <laughs> that's how you open up your, uh, your sinuses. Your sinuses, there. yeah. Breathing was still shallow and fucked up, but with Flonase, at least I didn't have the added fun of my immune system kicking my own ass day and night. So I would use Flonase pretty much every day of my life until about the end of 2017. So basically, in short, to sum up, you became addicted to Flonase, you stopped smoking weed, you were becoming more of an obsessive compulsive, and you couldn't eat wheat. (laughs) That's pretty much it, yes. (laughs) Okay, perfect. This is all going well so far. (laughs) So far, it's all going really well. Not just wheat, all kinds of shit. I can't eat it. I can't eat soy. I can't eat anything. All right. So here's a fun little story. In the summer of 2017... My upstairs neighbor had a leak and black mold shows up on my bathroom ceiling. So this is a weird story because even though I'm a total hypochondriac, for some bizarre reason, I just delay getting this resolved. Normally, like day one, I would do something about it, but I delayed and delayed. And I'd actually have these dreams where it was like, red alert, you need to do something about the fucking mold growing on your ceiling. So finally, I, get, I did get the upstairs landlord to remove the piece of ceiling, fix the leak, repatch. But even more bizarre, around the same time, because I had to just blow this fucking cool mist humidifier on my face all night just to breathe, mold actually one day showed up on my pillow, and here's something really sick, I'm going to admit this, Uh I actually liked the smell of it, even though I objectively (laughs) knew the smell was bad. That is not good. What the fuck does that mean? Take that to the I've heard of liking the smell of one's own farts, Yes, but it's another thing altogether. The conditions. To like the smell of some... Alien molds that's exactly your pillow. Exactly. Then June of 2017, I'm working on building a set for my stop motion movie, The Burrow, and I was uh, being helped by my slave Brent at the time. Do you remember those days, Brent? Yes. Brent's a really good slave. I feel (laughs) if I had to hire a slave, I think Brent would would be my first choice. Brent's the best slave I ever hired. So, anyways. Real quick background. It's a stop motion movie. If you've seen Nightmare Before Christmas, it's like that. And that means that for every second of film, it takes an hour to work. So you can imagine imagine the madness that this caused already. All right. So one of the sets that we're working on is comprised of miracle Grow soil and real plants that Brent and I picked up from Mount Charleston and around my uh, neighborhood. But before doing this, I had major health anxiety about it and almost didn't go ahead with it. And you remember that, Dylan, right? I was telling you I how. do. Yeah. And I remember yeah. like you had you had the stuff outside your apartment, if I recall, and you were worried about actually bringing it into your apartment. Yeah, there was something going on where it was like, do not bring this shit into your apartment. I remember it was just this like red alert. But I did that, too, because fuck it. It's for art. How did you think the plants smelled? I think this is going to be key. Well, I'm going to go into that a little bit later. It wasn't, I hadn't smelled anything weird yet. It was Mm. just the thought of bringing in these plants that were outside and I didn't know what plants they were. Because I think in the future, if you like the smell of something, get away from it. It's bad for you. (laughs) Actually, okay, we're going to get into that. There's some other weirder stuff. Like there's been some weird changes in my sense of smell and we're going to get into that. 
And around this time, I developed this just constant like burping nonstop. My obsessive compulsive disorder is getting so bad. It's just I'm losing my fucking mind. Up until this time, like I said, I've been using Jeffrey Schwartz's cognitive behavioral method with a lot of success, but now it's like nothing helps. Around this time, I'm just losing my fucking mind. I read that CBD has been shown to be an antipsychotic for OCD and schizophrenia and National Center for Biotechnology Information Studies, and I decided to buy CBD oil for the first time at a dispensary since weed was legalized on July 1st, 2017 in Las Vegas. So upon taking this, it was like this fucking miracle cure. The burping just like stopped OCD symptoms became much, much easier to manage. I remember when the first time I took CBD, it was like, there's like a switch went off in my brain was like, oh, you don't have to think like a crazy person. And hey, and so. like, like, I mean, let's not ignore the most important effect is that you stopped burping so much. I think that's far more important. <laughs> it was bizarre. It was very bizarre. <laughs> like OCD, whatever, who cares about yeah, that? Exactly. The burping, that's a real problem. Well, that would suggest <laughs> that there was some kind of probably psychosomatic you know, element to it. Oh, I was actually taking a lot of antacids at the time too, which can also actually fuck up your immune system, but we'll go into that later too. July 27, yeah, 2000. I, as, as everyone knows, as we've all learned, don't take an antacid, take acid. Yeah. It's much go more for the acid. To steady your nerves. Okay. <laughs> July 27, 2017, while shooting a stop motion scene with slave Brent, I suddenly smelled something pungent and sweet emanating from the set, and it felt as if something awful was crawling up my nose. So you remember this, Brent. I asked you, can you smell that? And That's you said no, no, master. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact words he used. No, but, uh, master. I can't smell anything. <laughs> can I go back to my house now, master? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But We've got I, 15 more hours of this. <laughs> I put this face mask on, and... Um, I, I, you don't have the video anymore, but you, there is even video. The first time I'm doing stop motion, I'm wearing a face mask because I'm like, something bad is coming off this set. And it was like something was crawling up my nose. It was really gross. So August 4th, 2017, I get a food sensitivity test done and start to eliminate the foods I was um, sensitive to, which was just about everything. I went, so I went from being a vegan from about 2011 to 2015 to a pescatarian from about 2016, 2017 to basically the paleo diet in 2018. And it just just seemed to be that meat, meat did the least damage. So I basically became Jordan Peterson for a while. Yeah, the Bitcoin <laughs> carnivores. Yeah, and I was also getting into Bitcoin at this time. So it was, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's They're actually right. That's going to be yep. the conclusion of the podcast. Forest is everything that we've covered put together. Here's another fun thing that happened in the about late 2017. I lose the ability to sneeze and yawn. So drives me nuts, but I just can't. Are you in situations where you want to sneeze or feel like you have to sneeze and you just can't? Yeah. Or it just, okay. Could, can't sneeze ever. Can't yawn ever. Like I feel the yawn coming on. Nothing happens. Feel a sneeze coming on. Nothing happens. And so I'm like, okay, I figure this is more psychosomatic nonsense. Also, my saliva flow is not what it used to be. I no longer seem to make much mucus or snot. My nasal passageways are perpetually inflamed. And every time I blow my nose, there's just these little specks of blood. And it was around this time that I gave up Flonase. I said, whatever is going on, I think this Flonase is worse than the allergies. So I'm just going to stop taking it. You recognize that you had no control over Flonase. Yeah. Yes. Power, <laughs> you, needed, you needed a power greater than yourself. I did. To deal with that problem. I did. I did. I was taking a and then, lot. And the, and the power greater than yourself was CBD. Yep. So this is somewhere. Okay. So this is where it gets good. Somewhere around mid 2018, as I'm laying in bed one night, I'm having a hell of a time breathing. It feels like there's a weight on my chest. I go back to massaging between my ribs. And at one point I massage the most upper part of my left side. And suddenly it's like something that's connected from my chest area to my upper sinuses gets dislodged. 
a ton of mucus comes pouring out and saliva comes pouring out. It feels like whatever this quote structure is, is connected from my chest to my sinuses comes streaming down my body to the bottom of my foot. So that's the, that's the feeling. I can also taste that same strange, pungent, sweet taste in my mouth from the set of the burrow. And then it was like I was in an elevator and the wires had been cut. So it was this total bizarre psychedelic thing going on, this blissful feeling. And then I could breathe better than I remember. And it was like there was this extra circulation going on throughout my body. And I had the sensation of air going down to my feet and back out as I breathe. Also, this weird heightened imaginative capacity where it feel like whatever I could imagine would be right there in front of me, like almost as an hallucination. Anyway, so this psychedelic experience of sorts lasts into the next afternoon. I tell Dylan and Brent about it. I think Dylan at the time said, wow, that sounds really disturbing. I remember that was the, uh, <laughs> the, the reaction. I'm sure I, you didn't drill a hole in your head. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I stand by, by the way, I stand by my, uh, my claim that it sounds disturbing because it is. Yeah, it was very disturbing. As far as I know, I don't either don't remember or you didn't tell us about your ribcage massaging before this point. And this is why we named the episode when we did is because this is as far as I knew the first time I learned about this yeah. uh, technique and then this specific extreme episode involving it. Unbeknownst to you, I learned it at your house and your cats forced me to do it. Great. My cats have ruined your whole life. <laughs> yeah, pretty basically. much. Pretty much. So then March 2019, I just feel something's deeply wrong. And then I have trouble swallowing. Hooray. And by the way, um, one month after Forrest joins the podcast, he starts to feel something is deeply yeah. wrong. So <laughs> you're welcome. Helping you again. There it is. All right. My mouth is just incredibly dry. There seems to be something wrong with like the muscles I used to swallow. So when you know you swallow something kind of in the back of your throat, there's this like pulling sensation from your muscles like that's gone. And then food gets caught in my chest as if there's an obstruction. And at one point I was eating a taco and it got caught in my chest. The air was like cut off for something like 30 seconds before I finally coughed it up. And by the way, everyone at the El Pollo Loco just watched me like cough and didn't do anything to help. Like nobody. Just like, let's just see this guy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, if had you gone to Del Taco, if you gone to Del Taco, that's just the standard response for most people. <laughs> they would, if you weren't doing that, this is El Pollo Loco. But El Pollo Loco. Yeah, you should have gone to El Pollo Helpful. Yes. That's really what you need. <laughs> not the crazy chick. All right. I get a food sensitivity test and it has similar results to the last one. And it's just more evidence lend credence to what my stomach has always been telling me. I can barely eat anything. Foods I love like garlic now just make me vomit. You know, foods that are in everything like soy, I'm totally intolerant of. So I try the, you know, paleo diet because meat in general is one of the few things I can seem to tolerate. April 3rd, 2019. One night, my left shoulder is in acute pain and I cough up blood. I assume this is the end. I've got lung cancer, which runs in my family, even though I don't smoke, and I'm going to die. X-ray for lungs come back normal. For my trouble swallowing, I am referred to a specialist for an endoscopy. However, I irrationally end up canceling the appointment because I'm just so filled with anxiety. April 21st, for a gift, I get a CBD vape pen. Woo! And vaping gives me this enormous relief. And the first time I tried it, again, it was like it broke down, quote, structures in my nose and lungs and chest. And it was similar to the time I felt something get dislodged when massaging the ribcage. However, there wasn't like the psychedelic aspect. Anyway, the relief again is only temporary. And over the next few months, things creep back the other way. All right. Here's a weird story. May 2019. Okay. Here, here's okay. Um, everyone who's been waiting. Here's the weird part of this saga. It's coming up right now. <laughs> Nothing else is weird so far. Yeah. We've been waiting for it. Everyone's like, I thought this was supposed to be unusual. Yeah. Like this is all ordinary. <laughs> 
Now we're finally getting to it. So here we go. I find oatmeal is one of the few few... One of the few foods I can tolerate, and I eat oatmeal with maple syrup. And this mm-hmm. makes me just feel really good for yeah. some weird reason. And I get a gut feeling that I should just drink a bit of maple syrup. So I do this. And again, there's this feeling of like a structure being broken down in my chest. And I burp and can taste something that tastes like pizza dough. And also a bit of that same sweet, pungent, wonderful taste I smelled and tasted on the set of The Burrow. So again, I'm like, oh, that's fun. And then after this, my swallowing problems cleared up. Nothing got struck in my throat or chest anymore. So hooray. This is another benefit of that Canadian socialized medicine as they prescribe maple syrup to everyone. You would oh, have yeah. been cured years ago. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the problem for the American <laughs> medical establishment. August 2019, I sign up for 23 Me. I become aware of just how dry my mouth is because even spitting into the vial that I have to send to them was a chore. I could barely <laughs> fill it. And it's mostly just foam, which they tell you is not what they want. So I get my results back from 23andMe, and I find that I'm a carrier of a defective gene for cystic fibrosis. Yeah. So in order to have cystic fibrosis, you must inherit a defect from both parents in the CFTR gene. Only one showed up in 23andMe, but they say they don't test for all possible variants. So I'm like, yay. I wonder if I have atypical cystic fibrosis. That explains why my digestion and breathing is so fucked up. So there's another fun. And you can have a... So in order to have like regular old-timey cystic fibrosis, you have to have both defects. Yes, and there, but it, there's an eight. It also depends on the variance for how severe it is. Okay. And there's, yeah, and there's less severe cases, and some people are not diagnosed until they're, like, well into their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and it's fucked up because, you know, they think they just have horrific allergies and breathing problems, but they're, they have cystic fibrosis, and they just don't know. What is cystic fibrosis? It's a horrible disease, like you said, normally you're born with, where your mucus is like rubber cement. Ah, Yeah. And it's just, I think most people die in their 20s from it because of the just the amount of infections they get. Their like, pancreas get clogged with mucus. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible disease. And there's like an atypical kind that is less bad. All right. Because I'm a hypochondriac, though, I take, st- I take steps against cystic fibrosis. I'm sure if there's like someone that really has cystic fibrosis or listening is going, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, I, I, I learned certain coughing and chest percussion techniques. And I also buy buckwheat honey because I read the study somewhere. It's shown to be just as or more effective than certain medications in treating infections related to cystic fibrosis. So now you're just mainlining maple syrup and buckwheat honey. And I mean, buckwheat God. honey. And Whole Foods yep. loves you. They you do are their key me. customer. They do. I become this fucking And it's only $35 for a, for a jar. <laughs> yeah, buck they put the buck in buckwheat. <laughs> so I know this is irrational nonsense deep down, but I do it anyway, which is basically OCD in a nutshell. If you want to find hypochondriacs like me on like message forums, it's horrible. Like you go to like a cancer message forum where people are dealing with real cancer, and then the hypochondriac comes on. And the amount of hate the hypochondriac gets is hilarious, but also totally deserved. So early September of 2019, I just feel like shit in general, have a vague feeling that something horrible is going to happen. And also I should just kind of, uh, because our listeners will know that we had some scheduling snafus in September and this was what was happening. This is kind of, yep. so this is, you're getting, you're finally getting the inside scoop of what happened yes. to our friend Forrest. Now we're moving into exactly the core part of the story here. So this is early September 2019 before all that quite started happening. So I'm having these horrible dreams. And in one of the dreams, I'm in a hospital and a doctor tells me to prepare to die. So that's a dream I have. 
In another dream, I dream that I'm being consumed by fire from all sides, but I just remain calm and accept death as the flames engulf me. I remember these were like vivid dreams I was having about death. Early September. And so I visit my primary care doctor. I set up an appointment and tell them something's just not right. Like I feel really bad. They run a bunch of tests on me and everything comes up in the normal range. Like always, Forrest, you're just a hypochondriac. Nothing's wrong. All right. September 12th, frustrated with my vague health issues and food sensitivities, which now include everything, just as a de- <laughs> just as a just as a desperate experiment, I try an anti-candida diet. Okay, this is coming from someone that thought and still thinks the candida craze is mostly bullshit. And you can check out a great rational wiki page for a very good write-up on why the candida thing is mostly bullshit. So, but let me be clear, candida overgrowth and infections are legit medical problems. Let's just say there's this highly suspect alternative health craze on candida on the internet. And typically serious candida infections only happen to people that are like really severely immunocompromised with like AIDS. Yeah, it's 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 like uh, it's like gluten. You know, it's like there are people who have celiac disease who can't consume gluten. But most people who think they have a gluten sensitivity are probably wrong. Most likely, yes. At least it doesn't do the damage to their intestines that it does to a... Because uh, I had a wheat sensitivity, but not a gluten sensitivity, which is weird. And not a buckwheat sensitivity. Not a buckwheat. Oh, thank I could God. Eat, thank I could God. eat as much, buckwheat, <laughs> as, been, eat as much buckwheat and gluten as I wanted. It was just wheat was the thing that really fucked me up. All right. So the main thing in this anti-candida diet is to avoid sugars and refined carbs. So easy. I'm just eating mostly meat. So I'm like, I'm just going to eat just meat, you know, and starve this fucking candida. And this is hard to do because I get an intense sugar craving. And usually I'd have a bar of chocolate or oatmeal cookie. But I'm like, you know, for my sugar fix, I'll eat just a bit of yogurt with fruit. And I'd avoided yogurt for a really long time because I couldn't eat yogurt either. But for the first time, it's like in a long time, I was like, hey, the yogurt actually is being tolerated. So cool. All right. Here's where here's where things get again. You, everything's been normal and not or totally ordinary. Now it's becoming unordinary for sure. Finally, we're getting to the weird parts. Really? Now it's finally weird. Yeah, for real. So September 13th, 14th and 15th, I start to feel high like I've smoked just a ton of weed. Only I'm not taking drugs. Also, a tightness has been below my sternum seems to have loosened up and I can breathe better than normal. I find it somewhat difficult to focus at work. And I even tell my manager, I'm like, I feel high as fuck right now. <laughs> like join the club. Generally, uh, just as a public service announcement, I don't recommend telling your manager at work that you feel high as fuck right now. <laughs> no. Most of the time. Most of the time. That's right. I, I happen yeah. to work at a place where they don't care about that kind of thing. But no, I even told her, I said, I, I'm not on drugs, but I feel high. Also, it's strange <laughs> motor issue. Motor issues emerge like as I'm walking and I'm high as fuck. It also feels like I'm being pulled forward simultaneously. It's a bizarre, very bizarre sensation. But overall, I got to say it felt good. And the sensation was more like a mild version of the pseudo psychedelic experience from the ribcage massage. And this goes on for three days. And I, I think you guys remember I was texting you saying, wow, I'm at work like high and having mystical experiences. Yeah, and it was great. We could tell you were doing yeah. just fine. I remember Dylan's like, maybe you should go to the doctor and mention this. I said, yeah, I prob- <laughs> yes, I did I pro- say that. I probably should. Because in general, you're not supposed to be high, right? I mean, like, you're not. That's not no. something right. that happens to that's you. That's why you, you should take psychedelics to, to bring you back to normal. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychedelics yeah. would have brought you back. You yeah, back to you had some peyote. Yeah. You would have just been like, oh, back to normal. I even have labeled in the document when the real madness begins. So here's when the real madness begins. <laughs> September 15th, a day which will live in infamy. I'm up all night. I cannot sleep. Still feel high, and my mouth is worse than ever. My dry mouth. 
So I drink lots of water, doesn't seem to do much. Then, so I'm laying down and creepily, there's like a voice, didn't actually hear a voice, but it was like, as if I got a telepathic message, and this is the verbal equivalent, told me, don't sneeze. I said, okay, good. Well, I can't sneeze anyway. So that's a moot point. (laughs) And then something strikes me like a lightning bolt. Like, oh God, my immune system isn't functioning correctly. I can't remember the last time I coughed. I can't remember the last time I sneezed. I can't remember the last time I yawned. My mouth is bone dry. Something very not good is going on. And I calm down. I lay back and this thought comes to my mind. This immune system can operate outside of my will. Do not try to control it. And with that, suddenly there's this like huge burst of stomach acid in my chest. And normally when people say I get a lot of like acid reflux, they say they think how horrible this was like a, a relief. Okay, it was bizarre. It's like I needed more stomach acid and I'd been lacking it. And then all around my throat and the roof of my mouth, there's like this popping. It was like air is traveling from my esophagus in bursts. And it was like, that's what it felt like. And it was like blasting things off my mucous membranes in my throat and my mouth. And then I had a bit of saliva flow, and which was, again, a huge relief. Then I get another telepathic message. It went roughly like this. This is the good fungi in your body. The bad fungi have had the upper hand for some time, but now we have the upper hand. It's like, oh. Oh, that's, that's real hooray. comforting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, good fungi. You guys always won. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, I can't, I cannot describe it any other way than like telepathic. One of the most bizarre things that's ever happened, but this story is filled with bizarre things. It's hard to rank them all. <laughs> so partially I'm just totally creeped out, but on the other hand, I'm just ecstatic that something seems to be clearing up as my stomach acid and popping is making me feel, oh, so much better. And then I think to myself, oh man, I've got to eradicate this shit. But then the good fun guy tells me, no, you cannot eradicate it. We can only bring balance back to your body. (laughs) Okay. It's the Anakin Skywalker of your (laughs) microbiome. All right. So I lay back and let this weird phenomena happen to my body, which is making me feel better and better. But then I start to not feel so good. Oh my God. It's like the good fun guy lied to you. Oh, how how dare they? Oh, wait, just wait until later. I got lots of lies from things. I drink some more water. Then I look at my tongue in the mirror and sure enough, there was tongue thrush. At least the good fun guy was telling me maybe something. I don't know. I decided to rush to urgent care. So I get to just uh, in case our audience doesn't know, tongue thrush is basically like a yeast infection in your mouth. Yes. It's nasty. Nasty white covered tongue. So I get to urgent care in the early morning and tell the doctor everything that happened, you know, short of the insane shit about the fungi communication, you know, that that we. Yeah, that doesn't that's not going to go over well. I didn't want to. Yeah, I said this is not a psychiatrist. This is a medical doctor. I better just, you know, (laughs) it's like when you have to call 911 because you saw Bigfoot like you can't say that. (laughs) Exactly. So she is pretty blunt and says she's never heard anything like that as far as the immune thing and said it sounds like it's probably psychosomatic. And maybe I should see a psychiatrist. I say, I agree. <laughs> I truly meant that. <laughs> I was like, especially after the fungi communication, I said, okay, something not good is going on mentally. I got to probably go uh, see a psychiatrist. However, there's clearly tongue thrush, which she sees. And she, she says, uh, she'll prescribe me Nystatin. She also says, I didn't look very good. And so she wanted to check my blood. They take my blood. And by the way, I think she was suspicious that I was on drugs. They take my blood which was really hard. It seemed like they could never get the proper blood flow and had to poke me like a gazillion times. And I went. imagine you were so like, if you had a dry throat, you were probably dehydrated. 
Well, I had drank a ton of water, right? Mm. So I felt like I shouldn't be dehydrated. But again, we'll learn a bit about that. I wait a little bit. And the next thing I know, a nurse comes in and says that they're going to put me on an IV because my sodium and chloride levels are very low. My evaluation was elevated blood pressure without hypertension, thrush, hyponatremia, which is low sodium levels, and hypochloremia, which is low chloride levels. So they put me on an IV and pump me with a sodium chloride solution. They tell me to watch my electrolytes, drink some Gatorade, and see you later, even though I tell them I still feel like absolute shit. I immediately go to the pharmacy to pick up the Nystatin, but despite being given an IV, I feel more thirsty than ever, and my dry mouth is worse than it's ever been. I pick up the Nystatin and grab a smart water because, as idiocracy would like to remind us, it has electrolytes. It's what forest craves. Well, it's what plants crave, and it's the, what oh, fungus craves inside you. It's what fungus that. craves. That's right. So I drink a little bit of the smart water when I get into the parking lot, and this makes me feel even worse. And by the way, this is hotter than fuck September in Las Vegas, right? Good time of year. I did, and now I don't remember where I parked. So I've been up all night. I've been communing with the fungus. I was put on an IV. My blood's Man, not I am flowing. so grateful that you were driving. Yeah, I should have been driving. And so I'm walking up and down the aisles in the parking lot, which seems like forever, and feeling like I could just drop dead any second. And finally, I find my car. And like Dylan was saying, I was like, thank goodness I got in and drove off. Didn't call anyone. And then I decided, well, I need to eat something. So I stop at Del Taco because like we talked about before, Beyond Meat Tacos is like one of the few things I can actually eat and digest a little bit. But after taking one bite, oh, I feel even worse. I know something is not right. I go back to urgent care. I get in the urgent care and I say, I feel absolutely fucking awful. Another doctor sees me and can see I'm just filled with anxiety. I say I feel even more dehydrated than before, that drinking water and getting the IV just made me feel even more dehydrated, that I can feel my body getting colder and colder, and I seriously feel like my life is in danger. She tries to assure me my fears are unfounded because they gave me, well, an IV, and they they should have rebalanced me. I look her in the eye and I say, I really, really, really do not feel good. So she told me if it would make me feel better, they'd perform another blood test. And I said, yes, please. As I'm waiting in the room for the nurse to come with the needle, I could feel my body temperature dropping and I was getting colder and colder and colder. The nurse came in and when wrapping a band around my arm, she even said, wow, you feel really cold. My blood, again, just not flowing. And they had to poke me a gazillion times to draw it. And multiple personnel come in and like, well, I'll give it a shot. Jeez. Like, hey, how about you get Fine. in there and do it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a yeah. whole thing. Like, hey, well, the janitor. Hey, where's the janitor? He's pretty good at giving... Of drawing blood, have him come in. So, okay. And as I wait for the test results, I'm feeling, you know, again, colder and colder. And I actually say what is probably the only legitimate prayer I've ever said, like not to any particular God, just to like anybody or anything out there. Like, I seriously believe I'm going to die for real. Man, Christopher Hitchens is so sad. He, he's very disgusted. <laughs> oh my God. I let, I let, I let Hitchens down really bad. You've been a fraud the entire time. <laughs> So, man, I'm glad I'm sure glad he's not God. He would have been pissed. Oh, he would have been really pissed. The doctor comes back and says, your levels have dropped even more. You should go to the emergency room. (laughs) He made it. He made it. Made it to the ER. It took forever. I ask her to please print out the stats and I get out there as fast as I can. Again, I'm driving. Yeah, I, 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 I like this again. You need to go to the ER. You have a freakish condition. Um, by the way, here are your keys back. You know, you need to go ASAP. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think they should have. I think the right thing should have been like, hey, we should probably yeah, call an, an ambulance. ambulance for this young man. But nope, just goodbye. 
have fun. We have great healthcare here. So that's fun. I feel, oh, this is it. When I get to the emergency room, I'm just, I'm just fucking hysterical. They insisted they need to put me on an IV, but I was terrified of that because the last IV seemed to make things worse or at least not do anything. Uh, the doctor tells me to relax and that it can take some time for the electrolytes to balance. And so, you know, they simply must put me on an IV because not doing it would be dangerous. Oh, I'm also told my potassium out of nowhere is now very low. Hooray! So upon telling the doctor I have only one kidney, so I had Wilms tumor when I was five years old, which was successfully removed. He found that concerning, so he sent me to get a CAT scan. And coincidentally, the woman who wheeled me into the CAT scan room was someone I knew from high school. Uh, she recognized me, but it took me a moment to recognize her. Her name was Tanya, and we used to ride the bus together. And something about her being there and talking to me gave me some comfort. So I'm very happy for that. Thank you, Tanya. Good job, Tanya. Yeah. yeah. Cat scan of kidney came out fine. If I remember correctly, I think the doctors even said something like, your kidney's working like a champ. It's like, okay, good. Also got a chest x-ray and it came out normal. I stayed the night at the hospital being monitored around the clock. So this is when I tried Nysatin for the first time, but it was a smaller dose than I was prescribed because I had to take like the hospital version there. They wouldn't let me take the other one for whatever regulation they have. Or I, I didn't question it. I'm just whatever. They're like, oh yeah, that's that's the fake Nysatin. We, we have the real stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So... And here's a weird thing. It gave me a headache just above my nose, but otherwise made me feel pretty good. And I even drifted off into a deep sleep. And I told the nurse, I said, uh, can you give me some Tylenol or something? Because this gave me like a pretty bad headache. And she's like, shouldn't give you a headache. I'm like, well, it did. September 16, 2019. Upon waking, the first thing I noticed was that my saliva was flowing. Wow. Hooray. This is like the first time I didn't have a bone dry mouth. And I don't know fucking how long. More tests were running on me throughout the day until my doctors determined my electrolytes were balanced and so I could be discharged. I told the doctor that I did drink a lot of water and assumed that was probably the primary cause of the low sodium chloride and potassium levels because apparently mm. you can, yeah, you can um, drink a ton of water and dilute, dilute it. Now, at the time, I figured this is probably the most likely cause for it because I did drink quite a bit of water. I, I don't think I, I didn't drink like gallons and gallons, like the amount that's supposed to dilute it like that. But um, I figured at the time, okay, good, that that was figured out. The doctor is perplexed why I have tongue thrush, though, and says I might want to get my immune system looked at because I shouldn't get that if it's functioning properly. And upon questioning me, he realized I've been using Flonase for a long time and thought that might have something to do with it. Later, looking up the side effects of Flonase, it turns out that fungal issues are listed. Mm. Also tells me to take good care of my kidney and beware diabetes because they had to pump me full of sugar water at one point. So don't like basically don't eat a bunch of cake right after being pumped with tons of sugar water. <laughs> why not just use buckwheat, honey and maple syrup? I don't oh, know why yeah. they had to just go with sugar water. So upon leaving the hospital later in the day, there's this again, that sickening feeling comes over me and I look at my tongue in the mirror and now it's thickly covered in thrush more than before. And I went home with this ominous feeling. Something told me like I shouldn't be here alone right now. My mouth was again drying up, tongue thrush getting worse. I went back to the hospital and told them my concerns. They ran a few basic tests, said I was fine, said, eh, tongue thrush could be a lot worse, sent me home. <laughs> Damn. So since I didn't feel like being alone, I called my good friend Gilbert up and asked if I could hang out a bit. He said, sure. So I went over to his place. When I got there, I tried the Nystat and I was prescribed at the full dosage for the first time. And I sat down and as Gilbert was talking to me, my muscles started to spasm all over my entire body, everywhere. The feeling was as if things throughout my body had like a grip on my muscles. The Nystatin was killing it off and they were loosening their grip. Again, I'm not saying that's what happened. That was like the feeling. Yeah. And again, there's this normal sense of relief and I felt high as a kite, but this time really high. 
the most high I've ever felt. And this includes any of the weed I've taken before or anything. Nystatin is not psychoactive. This shouldn't be happening. I didn't want to freak Gilbert out, so I just pretend like nothing's going on. That always works. Yes. Gilbert and I You're really high and you just pretend like you're not. And Gilbert (laughs) is actually smoking weed, so he's high. So I'm I'm on his level, I think. (laughs) Gilbert and I decide to order Buffalo Wild Wings takeout. So on the way there, I had this. Makes sense. Yep. Why not? That's the real medicine. (laughs) I I feel like these are my last days. Might as well have some Buffalo Wild Wings. You gotta get the maple wings. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't a honey... I feel like a honey wing is a is a actual yeah. honey thing buckwheat honey buckwheat honey maple wings on the way to buffalo wild wings i had this enormous sense of euphoria it was like just i was on cloud nine i was the happiest person in the whole world however on the ride back i remember seeing a road sign and thinking oh this has some kind of cosmic significance i then started piecing together a bunch of dots in my head in relevance to myself the universe and the road sign but then stopped the rational part of myself pulled the brakes and as I remembered from my readings about the symptoms and stories of people who have schizophrenia, I recognized I was thinking in that exact same way. So don't do that. You mean it's it's bad to think that way? Yes. It turns oh. out that it is. Oh. So when I get back to Gilbert's house, and as I ate my meal again, I'm pretending to be okay, even though my mind was in total torment, but I was fooling nobody. Gilbert looks at me and says, dude, you look fucking high. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. We put on the Coen Brothers movie, Barton Fink, which is the worst possible movie you could watch in this mindset. (laughs) But it didn't really matter because I was pretending to watch a movie when all I could really think about was the bubbling madness within me. That was it. That's all that's going on in the whole world. And then at one point I looked down and there is a patch of skin missing on my leg. I leap up, freak out and have Gilbert look at it. Oh, nothing but a slight rash. So I fucking hallucinated. Jesus. I walk over to the other side of the room to get a better look at my leg, and then a fly hits me in the neck. Oh, what the hell? no, there was no, there was no fly. Another hallucination. I started to hallucinate bugs flying into me. Not visually, I could feel them like bumping off my skin. Yeah. I decide, okay, I need to calm down. I better go home before I start acting like a complete nutcase in front of Gilbert here. My friend's going to, it's probably not going to be good to be here. Yeah, nutcase so is fine, but complete nutcase, you, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Complete in that case is just too much. Gotta start driving. (laughs) Yeah. So I turn on my ignition. Then the car tells me that my tires are low in air. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm at the gas station trying to pump my tires of air while feeling like I'm going to lose my mind. And I noticed that figuring out how to work the air pump was like way harder than it should have been. It was like using every ounce of my brain power to get it to work. And it reminds me of the time, Dylan, in the bonus episode, you talked about you're on shrooms and you like couldn't get the gas pump to work, right? Yes. It was that kind of thing. It was like, it should have been obvious, but, but again, I'm not on drugs while, so while driving back home again, now it's like the telepathic communication comes back, but apparently this time the bad kind, I just know it. And it tells me it's going to kill me before I can kill it. Like that's what it's telling me again, not in words, but like that's this, that's this psychic message I'm getting. It's not lost to me that this is all insane. I figured this is it. I become schizophrenic. I've been fearing this day would come for years during many bouts of health anxiety because I would read all about schizophrenia. I'm like, oh, this is it. It's finally happening to me. I remember some studies that had shown CBD was as effective against schizophrenia as antipsychotics. So I resolved I was going to go back home, take some CBD when I arrived. And I hadn't had it for like the last couple of days. So I was like craving me some CBD. All right. So when I get home, I barely have any CBD. I take the remaining few drops of it, but it doesn't seem to do much. And I feel like I'm dying again. So like at urgent care, I feel like I'm getting colder, colder, colder. I go back to the emergency room and tell them 
I'm feeling the same electrolyte imbalance symptoms again, and also psychotic symptoms, including hallucinations and feeling like I am in communication with something. I actually freak out the girl at the front desk and tell her that I believe I'm becoming schizophrenic and that I believe it has something to do with the fungus. I tell her, please write that down because if I go to the loony bin, I want there to be a comprehensive test done on me to roll that out as a cause. But she just like snaps at me and tells me to calm down. At this moment, I actually text Brent and Dylan and ask them to please advocate for me to get diagnosed for fungal infection if I end up in the madhouse. I think you remember that too, right? Yes, I remember. Yeah. And I remember like if I ever felt like I was really losing my mind, I would like check myself in. I go to the emergency room and tell them I think I'm losing my mind. I think I need help. You know, I tell her I think I'm becoming schizophrenic and I'd like to see a mental health professional right away. And she told me that, sorry, there's no mental health professional on the premises. and There's nothing in that area that can be done. You know, I tried to tell her that I believe what was happening to me was related to a fungal infection going on in my body. But as I said this, it's like I could barely get the words out. It was like there was this force that was just, it wouldn't let the words come out. It was like, I think I have a fungal infection. It was like that. And then out of nowhere, there's like a pop is felt on my forehead and I'm instantly clear headed. I'm no longer high. I can speak lucidly. It was like instant. So I calmed down. And I basically come to the conclusion, okay, the emergency room is not going to help me. I actually apologize to the doctor and the girl at the front desk for startling them. And I head back home. More driving. Yes. Doctors don't let mad patients drive (laughs) mad. Okay. September 17th, 2019. I did not sleep at all. When I get home, I resolve to annihilate whatever is in me. At this point, rashes are showing up on my body and yeast-like substances appear on my feet and hands. I have pictures of this too. At least this is not a hallucination. Yeah, you sent, you sent us some pictures. I remember seeing it. Yeah. Pretty intense. And this, there, it's, it's, yeah, yeast all over my hands, yeast all over my feet. Not all over, but it was it's not as bad as like what you see with like an AIDS patient, but it's it was, you know, more than normal. Let's put it that way. I remember I also took a pseudoscientific at-home spit test for Candida just for the hell of it, which came out positive, though of course it would. And I decide if I'm going to wage holy jihad against the invader in me, <laughs> I'm going to have to take copious amounts of CBD oil as a counter to the psychotic state that might be triggered. So I wait for the store that I buy my full spectrum CBD from, which is a pet store of all places. <laughs> And a pet store. Yes, they make great CBD. It's a, yeah, they make it for your pet. This stuff is good for you. It's actually it's for pets and for uh, people, apparently. So basically, I empty out my bank account <laughs> and buy the most potent bottle I can afford. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about anything else. I just n- need this. And I go back home. So it's time to kill this motherfucker. I down double the amount of nice statin I'm supposed to take and it's off to the races. And so what happened next was some kind of like pseudo religious and or psychotic experience that is very hard to describe, but I'll try my best. <laughs> Warning, everything I'm about to say is absolutely insane. Do your own research. First of all, I become aware of my immune system again firing off as it did before I went into urgent care. And again, it was like the mucous membranes were popping all over and clearing out the fungus in a logical way, as if there was a strategic and intelligent way to do it. I got the impression that the fungi was networked throughout my entire body and my immune system was working its way through attacking it. I would feel it being like worked on in certain parts of my body. And then when the fungus was killed, I would feel it liquefy and travel down my legs and out my toe. I actually watched this happen in real time and even caught like a picture of the mark it would leave on my toe. Secondly, it was like I was being puppeted by this great power to be in perfect concert with my immune system in fighting the fungus. It was like I merely had to ride out the experience and I wouldn't have to think of what to do, but just like put my faith in the higher power, as it were, just obey its will and nothing bad can happen. And it actually reminded me of an experience Ludwig Wittgenstein once talked about in his lectures on ethics and religious experience in which he said, quote, 
I will mention another experience straight away, which I also know, which others of you might be acquainted with. It is what one might call the experience of feeling absolutely safe. I mean, the state of mind in which one is inclined to say, I am safe, nothing can injure me, whatever happens. And while having this experience, I remember that I remembered that quote, and I even I thought to myself, oh, I finally understand what that means. Third, I experienced something like Jungian synchronicity. This is basically the idea that there can be events that are a-causally related in some meaningful way in which something other than chance is operating. And we'll be doing a bonus episode on that eventually. It'll be great! Yay! Set to the soundtrack of Tool. So I was under the impression that certain dreams I'd been having were leading up to this moment, like being calm while being consumed by flames and accepting death. And I was entirely calm despite all the things that happened to me this day. So it was like I was experiencing that same calm that I experienced when I was being consumed by flames. Like it well, like taught me, trained me to do it. I became aware that it seemed as if there were in fact two species of fungus or perhaps two different forms of the same fungus attacking me. This is because there were two distinct tastes. One I attributed to candida. The other was that same sweet pungent taste from making the burrow. So one seemed to do better in a low pH environment and one did well in a high pH environment, it seemed. Again, remember, remember the caveat. This is all insane. Just days before, my brother had mentioned that the Sani had very low pH. While my immune system was attacking the fungus, sometimes by drinking the low pH water, it seemed to help me. I also got the feeling that part of the reason I joined this podcast was to strengthen the part of my brain that was rational and skeptical, and it helped give me cognitive reserves to ward off schizophrenia from permanently taking me. Given that a lot of this started right after you joined, I'm going to have to say that's wrong. That that (laughs) feeling was incorrect. Are you telling me that my Jungian synchronicity experience is invalid, Dylan? Uh, (laughs) I just think it was true. No, it was alien possession. It was alien possession. Let's just be honest. Alien possession. I like it. All right. And at one point, I feel the fungus drip into my lungs, and I use the coughing techniques I learned in my health anxiety about cystic fibrosis to spit it up, and it worked. Seemed to work. Also, the buckwheat honey I bought as a precaution against cystic fibrosis appeared to be even more effective than the nystatin in some ways of killing the fungus. And perhaps most bizarrely of all. As I was driving to the grocery store at one point to buy certain supplies, I stepped on my brakes in the middle of the road moments before a car darted in front of me, which I didn't see. It came out of nowhere. And it was as if I anticipated it was going to happen because I got this weird sense of deja vu on that road and just knew at that moment to hit the brakes. And if I didn't, I surely would have been hit. And then there was this weird, like, organized chaos thing. So have you you guys seen the end of Signs, right? The M. Night Shyamalan movie? No. You've never seen it. Brent's seen it. But don't give it away. We yeah, don't I don't want to give away the that. ending. But if anyone's seen the ending <laughs> Such of that a great movie, film. which I always used to just like, you know, make fun of, <laughs> I was like, oh, I experienced that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So it felt like, for example, oh, I need like honey right now. And it was always like nearby when I would feel that. It was just, oh, right there at arm's reach, mm. no matter what, even if it was on a different part of the room the next time. And that happened like right. throughout the whole day. So then at one point, I get into contact again with the good fungus. Only this time, along with telepathy, here's a new twist. It can also answer yes or no questions via my tongue tapping the top of my mouth for yes and the bottom of my mouth for no. And the feeling was that my tongue was operating wholly independent of my will. As I was communicating with the thing, I got this sense of total unconditional love. Whatever this was absolutely loved me and wanted me to thrive. So it tells me, among other things, here's the crackpot theories. It is communicating with me through the right hemisphere of my brain non-verbally in a way similar to people with schizophrenia, only that in schizophrenia it happens in the left hemisphere and the voices occur as verbal hallucinations. And while looking at the tile on my bathroom floor, I notice vividly seeing faces in the patterns, which I know is associated with right brain processes. Or just taking acid. Yeah, yeah. And again, I am not on drugs (laughs) when any of this is happening. 
Okay. It also told me that when people report machine elves and the like when taking DMT, what was really going on is they're experiencing communication with their microbiome. Later on, early enough, I learned that via the vagus nerve of the gut-brain axis, in fact, the microbiota do communicate with your brain. So here's the crackpot theory. I got a hunch that the DMT that your body creates but does not actually utilize is utilized by the microbiota in some way. Thus, there will be selection pressure on the body endogenously making DMT, even though your own body doesn't actually use it. And there's actually a way to actually falsify my hypothesis. So if anyone out there wants to take credence from the fungus insanity story and run your own experiment, test people while taking DMT and see if there's any unusual activity in the vagus nerve and gut brain axis. And if there's nothing, if there's nothing of interest going on, then this is all horseshit. But if something unusual is going on in the gut brain axis, maybe it's worth a closer look. I ask it, if I tell my friends a story, will they think I was just crazy and alienate me? It says no. I'm like, oh, good. First lie. (laughs) (laughs) I ask if it can predict the future. And apparently not because Dylan thinks I'm crazy. It cryptically told me no one can predict the future with emphasis on being one is in no human being alone. (laughs) So why does it need to use your tongue? If it could just, if it could give you a sentence like no one can predict the future. I just don't. Exactly. This fungus. I, I'm Dylan, beginning Dylan. to think it, it's not very nice. I actually, in the next episode, I actually have a theory as to why that is. <laughs> so it told me that this experience would make a great movie, but I needed to get my house in order and go back to basics before I could go back to making movies because I was fucked. I was fucked <laughs> I'm going to say that's right. I think that's right. It gave me a bit of good advice. It tells me to contact a person I love that I hadn't talked to in a while. And at this moment, I realized just how much I love that person. It told me my kidney was going to be fine, but I still need to take care of it. It also told me this. Remember Aubrey de Grey. He's the founder of Sense Foundation, a research organization that specializes in eradicating aging. That was it. Just remember that name. I asked if I'd be able to communicate within my dreams. Cryptically, I got back. Oh boy, will you have a dream? <laughs> it waffled. Sassy. It kind of waffled on me when I asked it if I would get diabetes, saying that it can't really answer such questions without affecting my behavior in detrimental ways. Oh. During another weird synchronicity moment, I mistyped something into Google. The thing told me to hit the first link that went along with the typo, and it brought me to a page of random full of prebiotic foods and greens, and the thing inside me emphatically clicked the roof of my mouth saying, yes, 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 eat this, eat this. Then I clicked on another random link as if outside my will and brought me to fried foods, and I got no, no, no. It also told me my food sensitivities are no longer an issue, and obsessing over food sensitivities was doing way more harm than good. All right. After a whole day of this madness, the bad fungus inside me eventually seemed to be defeated. Funnily enough, the good thing told me I will remember what happened, but I will rationalize it away as much as possible. <laughs> and But that's good because I should be rational because that's how things work in your world. Yeah. <laughs> and the last bit of synchronicity is the thing inside me was saying goodbye, as it were, and the psychosis, which is what it probably was, was wearing off. I got this feeling like, turn around. And staring me in the face was a book I own about dealing with health anxiety. The message I got was, you need to seriously get this OCD health anxiety shit under control because the stress it causes is a huge part of the reason why your immune system is dysfunctional. So I enjoy this idea. Your own mental illness telling you you need to take care of your mental illness. <laughs> that, that's one for the history books, I think. That's like your drug dealer staging an intervention. I then sat on the couch and suddenly let out this enormous yawn, which is the first yawn I could fully complete in over a year. Crackpot theory time, I also got the sense that yawning was in fact part of the immune system. 
that it can break up fungal biofilms, a term I learned later in the mucosal system and glands. It also explained why yawns are contagious. You're more likely to catch a disease from those closest to you. And so if someone yawns for immune reasons, it makes sense that somebody nearby them imitates it. And upon yawning, a huge flow of saliva finally entered my mouth, and it was this huge relief for the dryness I'd been suffering for so long. Disappointingly, though, I still couldn't seem to sneeze. Oh. But, oh. Also, more stomach acid burping? entered my <laughs> more stomach acid entered my chest, and I got the sense that all this time when I'd been worried about acid and using antacids at the slightest bit of acid reflux, I was actually suppressing immune function. And then everything came together, obsessing over my stop motion movie, bad sleep hygiene, bad diet, overuse of flotonase, use of antacids, obsessive compulsive disorder. Disobedient slave. Yep. And health anxiety with constant checking of my bodily functions had all contributed to stress and shutting down my immune system and making me susceptible to fungal infection. So I'm like thinking, oh, this is largely self-inflicted. I called my mom, told her I loved her, told her I want to be a better person, then lay down a bit. So after resting a while, I realized I had made an enormous mess in my house and needed to clean it and needed to clean it up. <laughs> That'll happen after psychosis. As Jordan Peterson says, clean your room. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, I better clean up the house, but I need some CBD to steady, to steady my nerves. I went over <laughs> to my bottle of CBD, but upon smelling it, I've been using it the whole day and it was fine. Upon smelling it, I almost vomited. It smelled all of a sudden rancid oh. and I almost threw it out. But for some reason beyond me, decided not to. I then went into my bathroom and looked in the mirror. My tongue started tapping the top of its mouth on its own again. And as it was doing this, I noticed my stomach started to blow it up. Which, at that moment, I took as a good thing because I looked so skinny. The thing had returned and told me it was continuing its work from earlier and that the sneeze I wanted so badly would be like the grand finale. And then the thing told me I was to trust it and do whatever it demanded of me. I thought, like a slave, and it had no good answer for <laughs> That's that. That's me. That didn't sit right with me. And then I started to question it. Unlike before, I wasn't getting the sense that this thing loved me. There was some kind of weird, sarcastic sense to its answers to my questions. Like, yes, no questions. Something about its like personality was off. Like the imposter of the good... Like this was an imposter of the good force I experienced earlier. And at one point, it told me that I and it were one now. That I would be famous for the tongue-clicking technique. And it was the secret to immunity. And I could share the secret to Aubrey D. Gray. <laughs> Yes. So I was to just keep clicking my tongue up on the roof of my mouth and I'd sneeze and the infection would be over. And then the thing left me, as it were. And this is the last telepathic message I got, which was two things. One, remember what your friend Gilbert said, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know it, it's undeniable. And also, quote, remember Wittgenstein's ladder. So I got the distinct sense that the tongue clicking was now under voluntary control. Obeying the thing, though, I continued clicking, but I did not sneeze. I just stared in the mirror, clicking my tongue like a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yes, I'd been duped. And then I started to feel really sick. An immune response overcame me, and I started vomiting all kinds of horrible stuff. Vomiting in the bathtub, vomiting in the sink, all over the mirror, vomiting in the toilet, just vomiting horrible oh, shit. God. I got the distinct feeling that just below my sternum was the epicenter of the fungal network. I tried with all my might to vomit it up, and I could feel a lump of something awful rising up, but it would never quite come out. It was like something was blocking my vomit. I also noticed that no vomit would come through my nose. It was like there was something obstructing it. This is that damn taco point, you ate earlier. Probably. At one point, I realized that the tongue clicking meant nothing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <And> man. <laughs> I know. And what counted 
was like the involuntary mucus popping that I described earlier. And this popping is sometimes created suction going up or down. I realized that this is what was happening earlier when I experienced the immune system helping me. I got the feeling I'd been deceived. What is this? Damn, Aubrey de Grey isn't going to solve aging at all now. (laughs) No, turns out he's not. And then pure madness. I ran, ran around my house all night like a lunatic. I would get the sense that my blood sugar was rapidly dropping because I'd get cold and start losing feeling my feet and my hands were shaking. So I'd eat oatmeal to, reason, to raise my glucose levels. Then I'd feel I'd have hypertension as my body would heat up and my heart rate would skyrocket. So I'd run to try to bring down my blood pressure. I went back and forth doing this like a gazillion times. And I know none of that makes any sense. I totally am aware. At some point... I was just exhausted and felt my brain was being ripped at the seams. It literally felt like this electricity in my head, like my prefrontal cortex was being ripped apart as if some like opposing force was trying to keep it together. And I was stuck in this loop of like, do this, now do the opposite with the hypertension versus hypoglycemia madness of heating up and eating oatmeal to running in place like a lunatic. This eventually just devolved in me not being able to decide whether to go right or left. And I was pa- and I just paced back and forth, back and forth, no energy to think of anything. And at one point, I just collapsed on the couch, and that was that. When I woke the next day, I feel like absolute shit. First thing, I feel very dehydrated. I also noticed that though I collapsed on my couch, I woke up in bed. I wondered, did I dream all that crazy shit? Oh man, what a horrible fucking dream. So I had relief at the thought that this was a dream. But it was no dream. Upon stepping into the bathroom, the vomit was all still there, oh, all over the place. What a horrible way to figure out it's not no a dream. Kidding. Exactly. Jesus. Uh-huh. And even worse, in the bathtub where I vomited, there there seemed to be like mold growing, like, like on your vomit. Where I vomited. Yes, like wow. black. Yes, like or mildew. It was like the mildewy stage, like around my vomit. But worst of all, the garbage can next to my bed was filled with tons of black vomit. And I do not remember vomiting up any of that. So aside from maybe a vague flash from my memory I, that I can't place, I do not remember. I do not remember getting back in bed. Not I only was not it not a dream, but it was more than your dream. More happened than I even remembered. Yeah. God. And after doing a quick cleanup, I decided to eat something. Before leaving the pickup food, I checked my CBD oil. I was filled with anxiety about taking it, given the terrible smell. However, I remembered, be reasonable. So I reasoned it made no sense that it would go rancid so quickly, as I'd been using it throughout yesterday, and it was fine until the nighttime. So I just took it. And you know what? After taking it, taking this leap of faith, if you will, I was fine, and it no longer smelled rancid to me ever again. And that is part one of At the Mushrooms of Madness. And believe it or not, that's <laughs> nothing compared to part two oh, oh next week, <laughs> which offers many twists and turns in the story. Oh. And with that, we are done. done.